Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, the second rule of effective project team members. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Career Tools. You know, it's one thing to manage a project, but far more of us are on projects, not managing them. So how can we get all that work on projects done while getting all the rest of our real work done? Well, we have a series of recommendations, and this is the second one. Here we go. Well, you know as, as well as I do that being on a project team today is an important, almost, it's almost like a rite of passage for many professionals today. If you aren't managing a project, you're certainly on one, right? Uh, and probably Maybe even more, right? Yeah, probably yeah. on several of them. Right, yeah. And the way it works, of course, is that um, before each of the projects get started, the project manager sits down with everybody, right? And um, she shares guidelines, the PM gives you background on the project and how it fits into the bigger picture. They share ground rules about meetings and about reporting and about communicating with one another. They talk, you know, they give you a specific plan for how to address conflicts, uh, how to how to raise questions about resource limitations. That always happens, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. If, if you're out there and you're listening to us and you say, well, that's the way it works for me. Do not assume that you're normal. You're Abby normal or your project manager is Abby normal because that never happens. Right. Well, there, there ought to be a manual, but unfortunately there isn't. It is funny. I mean, there's a lot written about projects, but there's some great stuff, but, but uh, it just seems like it's not widely disseminated and used. Right. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, most of the, the, the manuals or books or all that out there are all written from the perspective of the project manager and not the person on the project, the team member. Right. And if you want to be successful in your job today, if you want to be successful in the organization you're part of, you have to be effective at being on projects. You know, it, it occurs to me that you're absolutely right. And probably it's way harder to read all the stuff about project managers and so on. I mean, you, you look at some of the stuff Scott Birkin puts out, it's great stuff. And yet probably there's a big hill to climb for some people because they've spent a couple of years being on projects with project managers who weren't doing it the most effective way possible. They were doing the best they could. So you learn a bunch of habits about how to be on a team and then that probably messes you up in terms of being a PM. Right. Well, and, and we can speed things up for folks a little bit because most folks learn how to be effective project team members after they've run their first project. And they go like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, that, I, I wasn't terribly helpful before. So let's, let's speed things up for folks and teach them how to be effective, show them how to be effective on project teams. Yeah, And today, we'll, we'll <laughs> this will annoy some people, but today we're going to talk about the second most important yeah. behavior or habit to ensure your success on a project. 
as a team member. Yeah. This cast is going to be valuable if, particularly if you're new to the workforce and fairly soon we'll also share what hopefully everyone will be asking themselves. If this is the second rule, (laughs) what's the first rule? Um, So here's our outline. It's very, very simple. Um, Four parts. Number one is the second rule, which is meet your deadlines. Part two is schedule your project work early, which is actually two recommendations. Um, Number three is resist scheduling conflicts. And number four is be clear, direct, and helpful. And we're being nice there. Uh, Be clear, direct, and helpful when collaborating with fellow project team members. Good. And the first one, you know, meet your deadlines. Wouldn't every project manager you've ever known love to have a a team where every member follows that rule? Imagine you be my project manager and I'm saying to you, look, I'm, I got to leave this meeting because I do not miss deadlines. I've got to get it done. And you'd be like, okay, I like you. Fine. <laughs> For those of you who haven't been on teams before, you're on your first, your project team and you find your, your project manager in a bad mood. It's probably likely to these looming deadlines that are at risk or already passed and therefore unmet deadlines. That yeah. is a first thing that will put a project manager in a bad mood. Yeah. If you want to be a respected member of a pro- any project team, become wedded to the idea that you'll meet all of the deliverables, the deliverable deadlines assigned to you, period. Project team members who meet their deadlines are revered, they're valued, they're appreciated, and will likely be given additional rewards relative to other folks. And more opportunities for bigger projects, which means more visibility, which is always a good thing professionally. And and that usually uh, uh, creates greater opportunities for promotions. Right. And those and the projects that you want to be on are the most important, more, most visible projects. And when a PM is putting her team together as to who's going to be on that project, they know it's important to their, to their career. And so they're going to want team members who have a habit and a reputation for meeting deadlines. Yeah. And getting on those visible projects, the hardest ones, frankly, the most visible, that's your route to success in an organization or one of the routes. Yeah. And we're not we're not silly here. We're we're not suggesting utopia. Every project we've ever been on misses deadlines. We know that, okay? Well, maybe your projects. Oh yeah, right. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Right. Let me just speak from my personal experience. But what's dangerous about that, even though we all respect that, you know, you're going to miss deadlines periodically, the dangerous part about that is is how often deadlines are missed. And then the response from the team, or in some cases, even the project manager, isn't terribly energetic regarding the miss, particularly with early deadlines. You know, failure of, of, of meeting the deadline is, is met with behavior that, that seems to suggest the thinking is, Oh, th- oh, that's okay. We'll make it up during the rest of the timeline of the project. And that thinking makes most projects more and more miserable to be on as the timeline progresses. And it just makes future deadlines harder to meet. You're, hey, early missed deadlines, even on small tasks, are a great indicator of a future ultimate deadline miss, the delivery being delayed in some fashion or scope being changed so the delivery can be met. Exactly. If you want to impress your project manager and gain respect from everybody, be the team member, If even if ho- the only team member right. to meet yeah. every one of your deliverables on time. Yeah. Okay. So 
how do we do that? So, I mean, that's kind of I, I think yeah. a question probably in a lot of folks' mind is like, okay, I want to beat my deadline. Right. Does that make sense to me? That's kind of obvious. So how I do I do it? I want to be that guy. Yeah, I want to be that guy. So how do I do it? Okay. Our first recommendation relative to, to meeting your deadlines is schedule your project work early. And there are really two recommendations here. One is, first, schedule your project work. And second, schedule it early. Okay, we want to take a minute. Um, this is a fairly direct, fairly quick cast, but I want to take a minute and, and share some, some background as why this is so important, and it won't take very long. Scheduling project work is more important than scheduling non-project work. Think, think about your calendar. Think about our calendars for a second. If we're like most people, we only use our calendar to schedule meetings, and quite possibly meetings we didn't even create. In other words, our calendar isn't really our calendar so much as it is the organization's demand on our time that involve other people that are shown there. That's really what it is. Our calendars become a demand on our time. They become obligations to other people in the organization. Okay? Well, here's the key. Project work is an organizational demand on your time that is not normally part of the way the organization checks on your productivity. And just, just to be clear, if you, if you can't figure it out, the way the organization checks on your productivity normally is your boss's supervision of your work and your workload. But if you're working on a project, and we're talking about projects here, there, there are projects where you work on, with your boss, but we're talking about projects here that, you, that the project manager is not your boss, You've got to have some way to show that you have obligations to the project, whether those obligations require you to meet with other people or not. And the point here is, is we've got to schedule our project work even more assiduously than we do our normal work, because in most cases, there's no organizational reinforcing mechanism to make sure our project work gets prioritized equally with the work that we normally do. Look, we all inherently fear our bosses. We therefore tend to, not, not in all cases, but in most cases, we tend to put a higher priority on work she expects from us. Okay? That then, relatively speaking, demotes other work, which is to say project work, that is not assigned to us by her or by a boss. You could put it a different way, which is because our PM doesn't write our review, which determines our pay, and he probably won't even have time to give our boss input on the review that our normal boss is going to write for us, a lot of us easily emotionally distance ourselves from project work more easily than we distance ourselves from work that comes from our boss. Okay. So, so what that means is when we're assigned various deliverables while we're on a project, we go back to our desk, we sit down, we figure out how much work it's going to take, when the best time of the day to do that work is, considering your other work as well, and then we put on our calendars time to actually do the project work, even if that work requires no meeting or any other sort of human inputs during that time. You mean you're actually scheduling a meeting with yourself? You know, I, I, 
I want to say yes to that because because I, I know that people are thinking that. But but I would like to suggest just semantically the answer is no. I'm not scheduling a meeting with myself because if we say that and then somebody asks, oh, are you scheduling a meeting with yourself? I don't want anybody listening to go, yeah, because it just sounds lame. <laughs> I'm sorry. It does. And we and we try to we and we try not to seem like Yeah, we don't we don't want anybody to sound like. No, you're not scheduling a meeting with yourself. You say this is important. Think about all the times where you've got somebody's got a deadline pending and they say, "Look, I'm sorry. I just I just have to say no. I've got something coming up." That's what you're doing. What you're doing is managing your time. You're apportioning your time based on the fact that there are it's not obvious to everyone everything you're working on. So, Yes, you're right. That's what people will say. We don't recommend that verbiage at all. We recommend when people say, what are you doing? You say, I'm working on my project stuff. That brings us to one of the neatest points of this idea. Look, scheduling your time, scheduling our time. And by the way, this comes from Peter Drucker, not from us. And it has nothing to do with projects specifically. Um, Scheduling one's time significantly increases the chance we'll have to do the work because it notably, notably reduces potential time conflicts during the time that you've decided to work on the project. You're not saying here that if you schedule your time, you're not going to be asked to do new work or different things. Or no, of course you're going to be asked. Yeah, but we can say, you know this, right? We've, we've seen this. Extensive experience we have with the calendars of, of managers and professionals and executives that if there is time set aside on the calendar, even if it's not a meeting, let alone a meeting with yourself, it's incredibly effective at reducing conflict versus simply being at your desk and working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you put it on the calendar because it's not obvious to everybody else that you need that time and because you need some defense against the organization's tendency to want to fill up your work. And that tends to come from your boss. Right. Okay. So a lot of people do this and then they find that it doesn't work. Like for, for example, um, you have some kind of coding initiative or whatever you think, you think it's going to take five hours. So say it's due Friday, give yourself plenty of time, say Thursday morning, you put it on your calendar for five hours and you, and you get interrupted right? <laughs> and of course, this is this is new work, right? This is work, it's project work. So it's not your recurring task you have every day that you have a real good understanding of the time involved. And so then it takes, it takes instead of five hours, it takes eight hours. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, and then folks, because that happens and it's not effective, then they stop doing it. So how do we solve yeah. that problem? Yeah, you're right. That's the second part of the recommendation, which is schedule it early. What we mean here is that project work, and you you basically just said it by your example, project work always takes longer than the same work if you were doing that same work as part of your normal work team. You have to go farther to meetings often. The people with whom you're working on the project, you tend to run into less randomly, less, less often on a random basis. And they're much more likely to give you what you want when you need it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, if they're not on your team, yeah. they, it's easier for them to snub you, right? Right. Um, and we don't we, look. We're not suggesting these are these are things that prove how bad people are in projects. Not at all. These are natural things that happen in the order of human societal interaction. So project work tends to get done less quickly because 
organizational structures, the fact that you're close to your normal work team and you're not necessarily close to your project team. And this is true even in matrix organizations. Those structures don't inherently support project work in terms of where you sit, how often you run into these people and so on. Look, it's the difference between having a party at our house with family members who live in the house or with people in our neighborhood or in our community. The community party, which is a bit like the project, it, it probably will turn out fine, but it's going to take longer to coordinate. More people are going to show up late on average. There'll be more misunderstanding misunderstandings about details. Distance, time, structure, and norms all work slightly or largely against project work as opposed to what we'll call normal work, that which the organization delivers us through our boss. So if we think, to your, to your example, if we think it's going to take us five hours to do something, we don't wait until the day before the deadline to schedule the five hours because it's actually going to take us seven or eight hours in part because we have to track down the new routing codes and the, the updated vendor list or the new protocols for some database integration. And the person we need it from is not available till tomorrow because she's in an all-day meeting. And so you have to be ready for that. And you have to plan your time to work on projects earlier, well before the deadline, because it's going to take longer than you think. And yes, you need some personal buffer, because if your boss says, comes to you and says, I really need you today, you're probably going to do what your boss says. Yeah, usually. that's It's usually a good thing when your boss yeah. asks you to do something. <laughs> Generally speaking. Generally speaking. Okay, so we scheduled it. Now, I think we alluded to it earlier. You put something on your schedule doesn't mean... You necessarily get to do what's on your schedule. Oh, really? If your really? boss comes right? in. But our experience is that folks tend to think of their boss as the one that's always interrupting. But that's not necessarily no. true. No. There are a lot of reasons why there might be scheduling conflicts. And if we can't resolve those, we're not going to be successful. So, so tell me yeah. about that. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll tell you what. Your boss doesn't interrupt you. Your peers don't interrupt you. Your directs don't interrupt you. You interrupt you. I mean, that, that's really what happens. People come in and ask for your time and you say yes rather than no. But, but anyway, once we've scheduled our time, we've got to stick to our scheduling efforts. There will be pressure to shunt project work in favor of normal work as long as the project manager is not your boss. That's just the, the nature of project work. We don't, we don't, we're not angry about that. We just know it's true. The sky is blue and there will be pressure. <laughs> There are two key behaviors we, we recommend here to help uh, everybody stick close to their schedules. They're both simple to explain, but apparently devilishly hard to do. We say that they're that hard because when we recommend them, everyone says, oh, you can't do that here. <laughs> and it takes us showing them examples. And there are always many, many examples. People just don't want to admit that before many managers try these recommendations. And interestingly enough, as a little sidelight, I think it was on one of these very situations, coaching an executive on priority management, uh, where I may have heard one of my favorite client phrases of all time, where one where executive said to me, Mark, you're not going to believe it. I tried what you recommended and it worked. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm never sure whether I'm supposed to be pleased or insulted that, that I... That, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't believe that my actual recommendation worked. I'm always, I'm always surprised by that uh, construct of a sentence. Anyway, look, the, the first behavior is to decline meeting requests that conflict with your scheduled project work. 
Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're saying if somebody asks you for your time, yeah, when you schedule time to work on your project, yes, yeah. you, you say no. You say no very politely, right? And really, what percentage in most organizations of requests for time come by email as a function of Microsoft Outlook and Exchange? What do you figure? In most organizations? Oh, um, 75% maybe. Yeah. So essentially, this is what we're talking about. 75% of the time, when you get a meeting request, you simply say, no, you decline. Okay. Now, look, there are times when you're not even going to be asked about our time when we're working on the project because it's on our calendar. Somebody goes in to schedule a meeting with, with our normal work team, for instance, and they look and they see that we're busy. And so they don't ask us for that time because we're busy. And I'm amazed. Managers are like, wow, it, it just seems like I'm getting less requests. No, you're not getting less requests. They looked at your calendar, saw that you were busy and chose a different time. And if you don't have time on your calendar for the project, all of your time is available to other people. So the very scheduling of our time is our first line of defense against the degradation of priorities and project deadlines, literally putting on the calendar and knowing that people will see it and not ask. Right. And, th- and that is the key, right? Which is using your calendar as a tool to help ensure that you're focusing on your priorities exactly. versus the 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 snapping alligators in in the in the pond so to speak yeah your calendar is not simply to show when you're meeting with other people it is a record a plan and then afterwards a record of your priorities it's as simple as that okay so first of all we schedule our time and so therefore that very scheduling and the fact that most people's calendars are public uh, within their organization allows you to defend yourself against potential conflicts. I'm not saying that meeting that they want you for isn't going to happen. It'll just happen at a different time when you're not scheduled to be working on the project. Okay. Related to that is if for some reason someone sends a meeting request during a time when we're scheduled to be working on a project deliverable, please resist the urge to rearrange your schedule and simply politely decline the meeting. If you must, it's, it would be completely appropriate you know, to, to add to your note back that you have a deliverable coming due and you've blocked some time to achieve the deadline. Yes, there's going to be a little bit of tension when that happens. On the other hand, there's going to be tension when you don't meet your deadline, right? Right. Okay, so, so what if I do this? I, I know there's at least one person thinking this, which is... Great. I, I love the idea. And as a matter of fact, I'm going back to my desk right now and I'm going to schedule. I know you said it's not meetings with myself, but I'm going to schedule work, my priorities. And look at my priorities are going to take at least 14 hours a day. Yeah. And so I'll be generous. I'm going to block out eight hours a day to work on my priorities. Good for you. Been nice knowing you. <laughs> Therefore, no meetings. Yeah. As a side note to this, as a general rule, we do not recommend blocking more than 90 minutes on your calendar at a time. Partially because of the way people, everybody else thinks about calendars and meetings. And the only time we recommend, you could you'd probably go longer than that, is in situations where your boss where you would agree that's an egregious emergency and you have to simply drop everything else and make something happen. Big blocks of time on your calendar blocked out when you're not in a meeting make others feel like you're not really scheduling Rather, you're being overprotective and selfish. You're being not a team player, so to speak. 
Now, m- maybe you've got three hours worth of work and you need two 90-minute blocks and you've got a 90-minute in the morning and a 90-minute in the afternoon. Now, there are people who tell me, well, Mark, really, I, I can't do it in less than you know three or four or five-hour blocks. I need a totally uninterrupted time. Eh, you know, There are some software developers that I, I can see where that's helpful. But the fact is, I think the average attention span of, of uh, workers age 22 to 32 in the professional workplace today is like six minutes. You know, five hours is, is, is a bit of a joke. Um, you're, you're going to take breaks. You're going to take interruptions. Uh, so that is really too long. But 90 minutes, you can absolutely get away with. And you can get away with 90 minutes in the morning and 90 minutes in the afternoon almost every day of your week, frankly. No one's going to miss you for 90 minutes. Um, right. If they did, you wouldn't go to lunch ever. Yeah, so don't don't mistake what we're saying and use this scheduling idea as a blunt weapon to to beat everybody up with. Um, yeah, it's not gonna work. There are some reasonable expectations of other team members, your boss, peers, etc., to your time, and we're not saying you get to schedule all your time and therefore not talk to anybody for the next two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So to be clear, send back a decline to meeting requests for time when you've already scheduled to be working on your project deadlines, okay? And again, I I mentioned earlier, we know that might cause tension. We know that it's probably, quote, not done that way at your firm, unquote. We're aware of that. We simply feel that that's a false opposite. We suggest you try it. We suggest you run a small risk of creating some tension in return for meeting deadlines. And we suggest the tension you create will not only be smaller than you think, but it will be a lot less than the tension you feel as deadlines approach that are not complete. Okay. Now, the second behavior, we've already talked about, you know, resisting, right? Or the first one. The second one is is just as simple, but apparently just as challenging for many folks, and we respect that. And that is when you're working on project work, politely decline requests for interruptions. Look, we know that there are plenty of experts who say you always have to be available, you always have to be communicating. You always have to be, you know, continue. There's something called continuous partial attention, which hopefully people have heard us say it's crazy. Look, we're big fans of being available to your team members and your project team members for that matter. And we're big fans of being communicators, but you can't work and communicate and be available all at the same time. If you think you can, you're mistaken. Multitasking is, is in the process of being debunked in the next couple of years. You can't do it. Very few people we know get irritated when other people say to them, I'm so sorry, can I come see you in 30 minutes? When person A interrupts person B, person A rarely gets upset when person B says, I'm so sorry, can I come see you in 30 minutes? I'm in the middle of something here. Okay? Very few people mind a polite delay in answering their request. Now, look, you have to then follow up and go answer their request afterwards. Yet, on the other hand, nearly everyone we talk to says, oh, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't politely decline a request. I'm not sure they like that. I don't get that. What we tolerate from everyone else, what we're totally okay with, provided the person circles back to us, we refuse to do because we don't believe people will be okay with it. Right, because we're mature and they're not. <laughs> we're yeah, it's it's, it's, and it's not. frustrating, right? Right. And, and we know it's true. And what we'll tell you is those people whom we've coached find that that moment of itsy-bitsy tension is just that. It's a moment. And it's quickly gone. So, 
Just say no. Be polite and say, I'm so sorry. Can I come see you in 30 minutes? Or I'll be done in an hour and I'll come by your desk. Or I'll give you a call. By the way, this also applies to phone calls and emails and Twitter and IM and SMS. What we're recommending here is that you manage your attention. And all of those things that I just mentioned are what's not important relative to you saying, I need an hour and a half to work on Project X. And I'm going to ignore all those pings, all those dings, all those buzzes in return for getting work done. Exactly. Now, one thing we haven't talked about yet is, you know, other folks on your team. This project work requires a great deal of collaboration and more collaboration probably than most of the work we're doing. Any any suggestions for Make it yeah, better. Yeah, we we say be clear, direct, and helpful when collaborating. But it's really this is probably as overly formal and polite and not direct as we could have written this recommendation. We mentioned before that project work takes longer. It does, and and almost requires more coordination. Just like you said, most professionals would agree. I got to talk to more people. I got to get more things cleared. I got to ask more frequently for things when I work on projects than I work on my normal job. Great. Therefore. You're going to have to wait on others more often on projects. It is so frustrating. Yeah. It is enormous, particularly for young people joining the workforce. They're amazed at how long they have to wait for stuff. So, so look, those who you're waiting on as well feel less directly tied to you and your needs than your immediate coworkers do. These factors work against us meeting our deadlines. And so to reduce what we call project friction, that uh, normal work has a level of friction, as Peter Drucker says, and project friction is even higher, we recommend you communicate precisely what you need to other people, share with them your deadlines, and ask them to make a commitment to you regarding when they will meet your need from them. I can sense some tension coming there. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, look, it's totally easier to do what everybody does, which is to just ask to be quick and vague. Hey, look, I really need those numbers. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay. Because you technically don't have the authority to make another project team member, you know, appear, we're going to assume, um, you don't have an authority to make them meet your needs and your deadlines, but that makes your work. And then frankly, indirectly, um, their work harder. So please. Tell people what you need. Be specific about the form you want it in. You may have to negotiate on what the form is. Tell them when you need it by and ask them. It's not enough to tell them, hey, I need it by Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Because if they don't write it down, what they know is that probably most people will respond to that as saying, okay, at Tuesday at 2 o'clock, I need to get busy because that's when things will start warming up. And I've got 50 other things I've got to work on. I'm not meeting all my deadlines. Why should I help him meet his, right? Ask them. It's not enough to tell them when it's due to you. Ask them when they can commit to getting it to you. This is just like the fourth step of the feedback model when you ask, hey, can you do that differently? Or what could you do differently? You're going to have them state a deadline that will work for you. And look, if it's not a deadline that works, say, well, gee, that, that, that doesn't allow me to get done what I need to get done. As soon as possible is not a deadline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you later today. Uh, uh, okay, great. 
So probably when you're going home, you're going to have to send them an email or, or uh, stop by their cube and say, hey, look, uh, at the end of the day, I'm going home. I haven't gotten it yet. When do you think you can get it to me? And yes, again, we're recommending you insert a little tension there. And the professionals in the audience will see that. The, the professionals that you're working with will see it as you being polite and being respectful and expecting them to meet their commitments. When you first start working with some people, you may not get an answer you like, but gradually over time, it will get easier when they learn that you're behaving around deadlines, not impatiently, but simply professionally. Now, to be fair, in case people are wondering, that is what we mean by being helpful. Tell others what you need and when you need it and why, and ask them to respond reasonably. That's being helpful, okay? It's not just, if you say, hey, I really need it by the end of the day, that's not being helpful. That's just making a demand. It's also not selfish to tell people when you need something and to allow them to commit to you a time and a date that they're going to get it to you. That's just professional. And professionals are helpful. And, and the reason we said collaborating is that that's what project teams do. You're collaborating with other people. And you're, you're probably, if you really want to know the way to have other people meet your deadlines, simply meet theirs. If you meet their deadlines that they ask of stuff from you, they will much more likely meet the deadlines that you arrange with them. Yeah. It's not selfish. It's simply yeah, it's serving not. serving the organization the best way you can. Exactly. So that wraps us up and it's pretty simple. The second rule of projects is meeting your deadlines. I hope there's some people out there wondering what the first rule is. <laughs> um, we want you to schedule your project work and schedule it early. Get it on your calendar. We want to resist scheduling conflicts by politely declining and, and, and saying no to interruptions and then be willing to ask for people to commit to you when they're going to have things to you and be clear and direct with them when you're collaborating with them. That's it. Excellent. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, partner. See y'all. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. Before we go, though, we've received a lot of questions recently about resumes. And given the state of the economy right now, well, that's not terribly surprising. Although we do have an excellent and inexpensive resume review service available, details you'll find on the website, there is a lot you can do right now to improve it, even without a resume review service. We did a cast on the topic back in October of 2005, and if you're currently working or thinking about your resume, make sure you check that cast out. We'll have a link to that show in this week's show notes on the website. To find the show notes, just go to www.managertools.com and select Career Tools from the podcast menu. All right, folks, we'll see you all again next week. So long.